1: I remember the day I set it up, I was thinking, okay, by the end of this month, if I have 300 followers, I'll be really happy. Mm. And by the end of the year, if I have a thousand followers, that'll be amazing. Um, And the day I set it up, it was the 5th of May 2015. And within five hours of going live, I had 1400 followers and I was kind of going, oh, God. (laughs) what have I done? <laughs> but it's out there now. It's yeah. out there now. There's no going back. Um, but I mean, the response from people was amazing because it was really interesting. So many people had commented and messaged me saying, you know, it's about time. We're waiting for you to do this. So I was thinking, oh, okay. So I think people expected me to do it before I actually did it, which was which was amazing. So that really kind of gave me, I think, a lot more motivation. It kind of gave me a little bit of a fire in my belly then to go and do it.
2: Yeah, that's that's an amazing achievement mm-hmm. like, to get that, that many so quick. Yeah. But, you know, you are, after two weeks uh, of going out on your own mm-hmm. and saying, right, I'm doing this. You check the L bank balance. and I there's checked only 72 the bank account, 72 bank
1: 72 cents was all that was left. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, straight away, I think the panic started to to kick in. I mean, I left Fuchsia not really knowing what my next step was or what I was going to do. Um, and I remember exactly two weeks after I'd left, I sat in insomnia in Scotch Hall, checked my bank balance and I thought, oh, dear Jesus, what have I done? Mm. Have I made the wrong decision or what am I going to do? I think it's just for me. It was so important, and I learned very quickly. You have to have a positive attitude, and you have to really, you have to talk yourself out of it. You have to kind of say, Do you know what, this is your life. You take control, and you get out there, and you make it. So you can either kind of sit and wallow and feel feel sorry for yourself, and think of all the things that can go wrong, or you can just take full control and say, you know what, I'm going to make this work. And that's that's what I did.
2: A very different guest now. Dr. Neve Shaw's quest to get to space is truly inspirational. So much so that Neve lives extremely frugally in order to fund her dream. Here she tells me about the people who influenced her in her life and how this dream to get to space has always been with her, even as a child growing up in Dundalk.
3: It was in my diaries and it was like this fantasy career that I would always write down, like whenever I was, like in my 20s and 30s, whenever I was kind of stuck and wondering what do I do with my life and I'd kind of fill out those forms, it was always there. So it was like this fantasy uh, role so no one knew uh, for years. In fact, sometimes I thought, was I dreaming it? But then it was there in, in my diaries when I, when I went back through them. But in terms of inspiration, yes, of course, uh, mum and dad, massive inspiration. And science fiction is kind of the glue that bonds us all together. Like we're all mad, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, um, Blake Seven. You know, um, we, we, that, that's kind of something that we all share a, a passion for. And then in school, uh, very lucky to have some teachers that really made a difference. My chemistry teacher, Mrs. Greer, um, completely switched on my passion for not only chemistry, but, but for science, sort of made me, her passion just spilled, spilled over onto mine, uh, onto my lap, as, as I say. And then um, English as well, uh, you know, because the creative side of me has always been there too. So my English teacher, Sister Mary, was a massive inspiration for me too. So it, it's always been very strange for me that my passions for science and the arts were always the same. And in a way, it kind of saved me because I was never happy doing one or the other because my career is, is so varied. So the first half of my career was that whole pure maths and, and science part of my brain. and But all the time I felt that I wasn't really accessing the creative part of me. So when I looked at my career and realized that a full-time career in academia wasn't really right for me, I then went across into kind of full-time arts and, and performing, and, and that was great. But then I missed science then mm. after about, you know, five or six years of that. And it was the pursuit of what I'm supposed to do with my life was, was kind of gave me the courage to finally have the job and the career that I've always wanted, which was a career in space from a creative um, viewpoint, you know, not not just, oh, I want to be an astronaut, more about, I want to go to space as a sort of, um, as an experiment, almost like a kind of an art piece to see what happens when mm. somebody kind of older in life wants to do something that is near impossible and the journey of that and to, and to document that, uh, that impossibility along the way and to be surprised about what you can actually achieve when you commit to something no matter how impossible it is. So, that, so that's why I want to go um, to space.
2: Colin and Eamon Brady from Complete Body Fitness, brothers, business partners and the toughest personal trainers you'll ever come across. Eamon became a great friend of the show as he guided me through the Women's Aid Squat Challenge. But here they share the secret to their successful business. Starting out in 2009, and as you mentioned, you know, all of the trials and tribulations and the challenges that you faced and the dark times, because there were dark times for you. And now today, the success you have. What do you think is the secret to that?
4: Yeah, we
5: love we love the energy that we get off of the people who train mm. with us. And um, like, you know, we invest we we put our hearts and souls into into mm. what we do because we do love it and it really doesn't feel like a job to us. Yeah. Um, every day you get up, you get out when you think about it like we're we're pumping out great music, we're interacting with beautiful people. Well, you're not. I am. Well, uh, <laughs> There's <is kind laughs> a kind of music here, musical taste, you know. That's what makes the world go round, you know. So um but like I do like your Kylie Minogue oh, choices. Good on but um <laughs> but the people the people what well, we get from the people, it nour- nourishes our soul. Yeah. It really does. And I suppose So much so that we've looked at other angles to the business now. Like we brought a group to um, walk on the Camino recently. Is right, yes, fantastic. It was an experience that I think none of us realized how much we would get from it. And it gave us a little taste of something else, which was like a contentment, a peace, relaxation, it was removed us from technology. And for, for a week, we got to experience this wonderful, calm state, which I suppose we, we kind of want more of. Yeah. Our fitness industry is a, generally perceived cold, cold, to be cold. one of push, push, yeah, yeah. go faster, go harder, um, whereas this was the very opposite. But there was something really therapeutic to be got from that. So it's a whole wellness Area that we're looking at exploring now at the moment. It's a balance. Yeah. You know, that's really what it is. And we, 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 you know, your yin to your yang, you're kind of finding the opposites and uh, really just, but like the voice, what Column said there, the people are just, they are the motivator. They're the people who trust in us, uh, being loyal to us uh, and have us here 10 years on.
2: Now in keeping with the fitness team we heard from Kieran Breslin who had completed one of the toughest endurance races in Europe despite never completing a marathon before in his life. He struck me as somebody who had a lot figured out about the key to living a happy and successful life and he shared it with me here. What do you think um, are the key ingredients to live in a happy fulfilled life because you seem to have that fairly nailed. Um,
4: I suppose I remember a few years ago a friend of mine I was doing a business coaching course. Was taking part. It was a business coach. He was working with him, and to give him a task, to give the the pupils a task to do. And I remember him telling me, and I said, "I'm going to do this." So again, for your listeners, if you want to do this type of task, it's imagine you're birthday party. The room is full of families and friends. There's 10 people chosen at random to say a couple of sentences about you. What do you want them to say? Not what you think they're going to say. What do you want them to say? Now we'll bring it back to the present. What can you do in your everyday life to make these people say what you want them to say? So mine was uh, confident to take on any challenge. Um, That box is fairly ticked now, Kieran.
2: At this stage, yes.
4: um, Being the best Parent that you can be, uh, being a role model for your kids, um, and just never seen anyone stuck. I would never like even during the race there was one guy pulled in and I pulled in with him, and I said, yeah, okay?" Like I, he was his tire was soft; it wasn't punctured. If it was punctured, I probably would have helped him change because, as I mentioned, you're at a your race against time at that stage. If you get a puncture, you need a lot of luck to complete something like that. Um, so yeah, I never see anyone stuck. I'd um and I remember reading there like a few weeks ago, um I was reading a book and there was a statistic, damn statistic in it that uh if you ha- like just to appreciate everything that you have, not what you don't have, everything that you have. Um the statistic I was looking at was if you have enough food in your fridge, a roof over your head, or somewhere to sleep at night you're better off than 75% of the world's population.
2: One of the most positive, uplifting, inspiring people you'll ever meet is Nicola Connolly-Byrne. She's a life coach, she's a motivational speaker and she's just an all-round good person. She set up the I Am Positive Mindset movement and it is a movement that's gathering momentum. But Nicola has overcome a lot of hardship in her own life but despite this, she's always overcoming the odds and helping others. She tells me that this is just part of her. I've used that phrase and it's on your website if people ever want to peruse I Am Positive Mindset website against all odds she flew. And yeah. it sums you up. Tell me about this phrase and what it means to you.
6: Yeah, I suppose when we were putting the website together um, the business took off quite quickly and we, ha- we didn't realise we would have needed a website so quickly. So we had to kind of just pull all information from everywhere. So I was trying to literally verbal diarrhoea my whole life in a very short period of time. And the guy who manages my website, Tom, he's absolutely amazing, Uh, understands the work really well, is really good at pulling information from me and managed to put it together. But I suppose between the two of us, we came up with that against all odds she flew because a bee technically shouldn't be able to fly, but that I can. And against all odds, it flies. And I used to catch bees. I know I'm going back now 5,000 stories ago. We used to catch bees in my mum's front garden. Me and everybody else from Edenmore, we all hung around in my garden. So bees are a huge um, symbol for me for fighting against the odds, really. Yeah. And just doing it.
2: Yeah, and you've come through an awful lot of odds. I mean, can you pinpoint the moment, I suppose, in your life when, you know, this happened, like as in you, Nicola Connolly-Byrne, the motivational speaker, can Mm. you pinpoint or have a light bulb moment in your life where you went, this is where it's all going to start for me? I suppose, you know, it was pointed out to me when I was very young, when
6: I was 14, that I was very negative. And that came as a shocker for me. I wasn't aware that I was negative. But the person who said it to me said it in such a loving way when she pointed out this major fault that I had. Um, it made me really sit back and contemplate. And I know, you know, like I'm writing since I'm like I'm searching since I'm seven. I'm doing I'm I'm writing in journals since I'm teeny tiny and I've kept every single one of them. Hence why I have the toolbox, which is the product that I use. Um, I would say it's a culmination of a lot of things, Sinead. But, you know, when when the business started doing really well, people I would know from my past years and years ago have always said to me, we're going to tell the world that you're doing this your whole life. I remember Anne Higgins, a really good friend of mine, messaged me and she said, if anybody's ever given you jip or given you hassle, I'm going to tell them she's doing this her whole life for free for everybody. I was always just looking for more, searching for more. Is there a better way of doing this? Is there a nicer way of doing this? How can you or I or we or us improve our quality of life, improve the communities that we live in? Like where I'm from, there would have been huge community work done when I was a kid. So I was reared in that environment and it's just something that comes naturally to me. So no matter where I've lived, tonight, I've always given back in whatever community I've lived in and always just looking to improve. I can't settle for less I'm always looking for more and more for my clients and more for where I live.
2: Not all superheroes wear capes. Most of them will be found cleaning up the streets of their town before the fla or raising money for one cause or another or stewarding events or campaigning for the community. Anne McFay is an example of such a superhero. She has a great motto that she lives by and she shares that with me here in this clip. Now, I have watched you, I suppose... I would have come in contact with you, first of all, because our kids are in the same school. Yeah. So you would have always been part of the parents committee, school committees, fundraising for the school committee. Yes, <laughs>
4: committee,
2: that's me. All of that. Right. So you were the first person to volunteer for those kind of things. And you are a busy mum like I am as well. And you're running a busy household. So my question
7: is, Anne McFay, how do you do it? Well, I think I probably have more hours in the day than most people have. <laughs> and I don't sleep very well so, uh, so I stay up late and I get up early and um, yeah and I just try to get things done but I, I take my, my my motto in life comes from the the robots movie so you'd know that I have lots of kids and it was when Bigwell said see a need fill a need so uh, my life is full of seeing needs and filling them I love that yeah I just, if anybody asks me that, that that's, that's exactly what it is you know I, I probably saw that cartoon about 15 years ago and that's that's what it is so if, I find that that if i see something that needs to be done i i just have to do it i can i can not do it it was like the 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 cleanup last year mm. oh, sorry last week on on the streets i spent the whole previous week saying i am not doing that no no i'm not going to do that this year i'm not and sure the next thing i knew on monday morning i was saying hey guys how are you will we or won't we what do you think and <laughs> you know maybe we will and and she then it all just, it just it takes off. Jim thinks I'm crazy. He, he just looks at me. He throws his eyes up to heaven. And I say, I had a great idea. And he just blanches. <laughs> all the colour drains out of his face.
2: <laughs> Amazing motivational speaker and all round inspiration, Mark Pollock, told me how although he can't see or walk, there are a lot of things to be positive about, even on the bad days. When you're having, you know, a really, really bad day, and you're just thinking, do you know what, I can't, I can't face today. I just don't want to do it. How do you get yourself out of that?
8: Um, well, it's it's, uh, it's difficult. I think like we all we all have have those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do two things. I I always try and try not always successfully, but anchor myself back on the facts. You know, because generally when I'm having a really bad day. It's because I'm starting to focus on the problems and for me they're very obvious. You know, wake up and I can't get out of bed in the morning until yeah. my carers arrive, I can't see, can't walk. You know, and if I just focus on the problems, they're overwhelming. But I then have to say, Well, you know, I've got you know, I've got my speaking business and I've got this run in the dark and I've got the opportunity to do to stand up and walk in my robot and work with all these amazing scientists. So I try and I try and anchor myself in the facts, which are not all, not just problems, but yeah. they're also some, some great things. And then from there, I always flip to the other side, which is um, there's a quote by a, a philosopher. And when I say this, it's like I'm constantly reading philosophy or something. I'm not. It's just a <laughs> quote. But Friedrich Nietzsche said, he who has a why to live can bear with almost any how. Um, and the idea that if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you can put up with the tough stuff. Like when you race to the South Pole, you sign up to race to the South Pole. It's hard. It's cold. You get blisters. You're on your feet for 16 hours a day, right? All the hardships there. But we knew what we were, why we signed up for it, what, why we were there. And on that basis, um, we eventually achieved that goal. So I think knowing, having something to go for, I think is an important part of, um, of being human.
2: Ah, who could forget Rob Dowling, a.k.a. the Dub in the Tub. He has led an amazing adventurous life, from sailing down the Amazon in a seven stone bathtub, to climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with the bathtub uh, on his back, to crossing a desert with the tub. There's no feat this man cannot achieve. But here in this clip, he tells me how he was determined to fulfil his goals, despite the odds stacked against him. Take me back to the start okay. of all of this because your life was set on course when you had a reoccurring dream when you were in your 20s, I believe, was it? Yeah, it was a kind of unusual conversation
9: at 21, 22, and I was asked what did I want to do before I die. And um, I kind of thought to myself, that's a, you know, it's a strange question. But however, I closed my eyes and I had this mental image or standing on the bathtub on the Amazon River. So, um, fast forward, I lived in Africa and Israel, I've always traveled, always done um, unusual things, I guess, you know. But um, when the the, um, life-changing event happened and um, I got divorced and the home was gone, everything I worked for was um, sort of disintegrated before my eyes over a period of time. After that, I kept getting recurring dreams of a bathtub uh, for about eight, nine months, and... um, I just knew that I, I had to go to the Amazon River and search for the bathtub.
2: So you, you your marriage breaks down. Mm-hmm. Everything that was, you know, yeah. s- like that you knew the, in your life was... Holy Grail, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, and the there was, n- right. I know there was no third parties involved no, or anything no, 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 like that. No. But you, what does that do to a person, you know?
9: <laughs> it brings you to a place of reflection and takes you down to your knees, I guess, you know. But um, you, you could just stay down there or you could... Um, sort of fight back and, and rise back up again and uh, I, I did that I was, I was lucky that um, my dreams or my life have shown me things um, which have helped me so I didn't understand why the bathtub would help me but it gave me something to focus on so I found myself about a month later I was walking potato at the time for 15-16 years you know and um, I found myself in the Amazon River Looking for a bathtub, and everyone laughed at me. You know, and they said, "Well, we don't have them here, you know." And I said, "No, there's one here somewhere." I was just in a in an intuitive feeling that um, the tub was here somewhere, you know, why travel halfway across the world. So lo and behold, in three weeks later, I found one—the only one in the Kletos.
2: Now I always finish up Monday motivation by asking the guest, particularly those who've overcome a lot. If you could go back in time and have a word with your 10 year old self to prepare him or her about the life that is to come, what words of wisdom would you impart? And Peter Byrne, the world's most amazing Neil Diamond tribute act, who failed his leaving cert twice and was told to give up on music and do something more sensible, has this to say to his 10 year old self. Just to kind of finish up uh, with you, with our Monday motivation, just the one thing that I wanted to ask you because I'd be intrigued by this. If you were to go back to Peter, age 10, 11, running to collect that note that's coming from the teacher that's going to be saying Peter was messing in class or whatever (laughs) uh, to hide from your parents. If you could travel back in time to that Peter, what would you tell him about life and what you've learned?
10: Uh, I tell him not to change his thing. And that's the the problem is once you have a dream and a goal, um, what I have learned is I never give up. If I fail, I stand up and I brush it off, brush brush it off, and go, okay, where did I go wrong? And I can do this, get, do this again. The ten-year-old, twelve-year-old Peter Byrne wasn't supposed to be the brain surgeon. wasn't supposed to be the you know six honours in the leaving certificates or the intermediate certificates. Uh, his journey and his voyage was just in a different direction, on a different on a different train track. Um, so. I would tell Peter Byrne or any other kid that same age is just follow your dream. Follow your dream and doesn't, don't let anybody else tell you you can't. Actually, exactly.
0: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
10: Exactly that. Don't let anybody tell you you can't because you can.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.